So I was actually reminded a lot of Scorsese's storytelling. But what I felt was missing fundamentally was what makes her tick. How exactly did she ascend to power? What is her role within Harlem? Is she like really kind of holding Harlem together? Is she staving off the influence of the other mobsters? Is she providing protection against the police? We get kind of hints that she's doing kind of maybe all of the above, but we don't really know what is her role within the society she oversees. I've been a bad, bad girl. I've been careless with a delicate man. And it's a sad world. When a girl will break a boy just because she can. Grumman, I feel poor. I think we need to talk about our numbers, which amount to zero. Dude, I know what you mean. I've been thinking the same thing, and have I got a plan? We're going to be swimming in the sweet, sweet podcast monetization. Oh, great. Let's hear it. How are we going to whore ourselves out? Who's going to pay money for us to be whores? What will our street names be? Oh, let's not sink down to that level. Wait, come on. Street walking is a very, I'm just thinking about like, I don't, do I want to insult like street walkers? I mean, I think it's ladies of the night. You uh, can be Trixie and I'll be Asian delight. <laughs> you know what, Ryan? I've got something even better. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> What's the plan? <laughs> first things first, we have to find our target market of chumps who believe in us. Oh, that's, that's a pretty small market. It's like, like a market of zero. <laughs> All right. And then we tell them that running an an underground lottery, commonly known as the numbers, where they can send us money to win and the odds are long. When their number hits, as little as a nickel can bring in enough money to pay the rent. And when it doesn't, it still offers a little bit of hope in this increasingly dark and depressing world, just like this podcast. Hey, now that sounds like the plot of this week's comic. I'm Roman Segel. And I'm Ryan Joe. And we are two dudes who may or may not be plotting a criminal empire in the concrete jungle where dreams are made of. I would just say that the podcast Empire certainly worked for Spotify. Or, wait a minute, did it? Too soon, too soon. So this week we continue our journey through the comics of the alphabet, and we find ourselves at Q. And hey, our podcast name starts with Q. As well as one of the all-time great villains of Star Trek. But Q is also for Queenie, godmother of Harlem, Elizabeth Columba and Aurelie Levy's historical graphic novel inspired by the life of Harlem's legendary mobster, Stephanie St. Clair. Queenie follows the life of Stephanie St. Clair, the infamous criminal who made herself a legend in Harlem in the 1930s. Born on a plantation in the French colony of Martinique, St. Clair left the island in 1912 and headed for the United States, eager to make a new life for herself. 
In New York, she found success rising up through poverty and battling extreme racism to become the ruthless queen of Harlem's mafia and a fierce defender of the black community. A racketeer and a bootlegger, St. Clair dedicated her wealth and compassion to the struggling masses of Harlem, giving loans and paying debts to those around her. But with prohibition ending and under threat by the Italian and Jewish mob seeking to take control of her operation, she launched a merciless war to save her territory and her skin. In an America still swollen by depression and segregation, St. Clair understood that her image was a tool she could use to establish her power and wield as a weapon against her opponents. With meticulous details in both story and art, St. Clair's story is brought to life in a tense narrative against a sometimes bloody backdrop of jazz and voodoo. The story tackles the themes of colonization, corruption, police violence, and racial identity. But above all, Queenie celebrates the genius of a woman forgotten by history. Well, Roman, that was a stirring recitation of the publisher's book jacket summary right there. I aim to please, but Ryan, beyond starting with the letter Q, this book was listed as one of the best of 2023, and me, I love me a good historical graphic novel. What did you think? I I really wanted to like it, but I did have a lot of problems with Queenie and the way her story was told. So what I, I... it actually kind of reminded me a lot like of a lot of like how Scorsese tells stories. Like for instance, mm-hmm. there's that se- mm-hmm. there's all this music happening, this sort of like wild backdrop uh of of within the the Harlem clubs. Um you see kind of how Queenie like lives her life and the people that she surrounds herself with. And then you also have these pages where um where Columba and 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 Levy are kind of just talking about how her how her what what is it how her how her racket is run like how to run a lottery numbers operation which is actually kind of similar to like it's a thing that scorsese does like he did yeah, it in casino yeah. he did it in, in like wolf of wall street there's also this moment where they're watching a movie and they kind of break the fourth wall which is another thing that kind of scorsese often takes like pop culture or maybe pop culture at the time and uses that to kind of make a bigger point um so I was actually kind of reminded a lot of of how Scorsese often portrays his 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 characters. Sorry, let me go back. We're gonna have to delete that. So I was actually reminded a lot of Scorsese's storytelling. But what I felt was missing fundamentally, and this is the big one, is like who Queenie is as a person. Like what makes her tick? Why does she? How how exactly did she? ascend to power what is her role within this we know she's at the top but what is she like it what is her role within harlem is she like really kind of holding harlem together is she staving off the influence of the other mobsters is she providing protection against the police we get kind of hints that she's doing kind of maybe all of the above but we don't really know what is her role within the society that she oversees that and so that and who is she as a person, which is a pretty fundamental thing that you need to get as in a biopic or in a biography. That was missing. And because that was missing, that's why this book didn't quite work for me. Yeah, yeah. I'll say the same thing. Like, I, it didn't land as much as I wanted it to. You read this story. It's one of the best of 23. Uh, it's historical fiction. It's Harlem. It's mobsters. I, I like Boardwalk Empire. I like Scorsese. And it's got the Cotton Club. It's got all these like historical figures in it. And I mean, down to the act, the actual mob bosses, the actual police commissioner, the actual guy running for mayor. And it's it's got these like devices it's using to kind of break the narrative. And it, I think it was a little too by the books. And 
to your point, like where it inserts itself into the stories, it's the beginning of her transition from a little girl on Martinique to wanting to leave. And it shows that kind of true origin story all the way to the very end, like the very end of her career, so to speak, before she goes into retirement. And none of the fun stuff in between, the rise to power. Yeah. It was it's just a little too literal. I, I, didn't, I didn't mind. It reminded me of Nicholas Bertozzi books about Lewis and Clark or Houdini, or it, it just kind of was a very cut and dry history. You get the facts, but not the humanity, I think. And by humanity, I also mean like all of her flaws as a person. What did she have to do to rise to power? She is nobody when she starts out. And, and she has a, an aptitude for numbers, and that's kind of what lets her start to rise. But to go from, I think we see her starting to get a job with this, with the businessman as a, as a kind of an adolescent. And then what happens then? How does she go from that to being a crime boss? What does she need to compromise within herself to get to that position? What does she need to compromise what, and- within herself to hold that position? Because she must. She is a criminal. Was he part of the Jewish mafia or was he just her seed capital? Like, take a full-time job. I'm going to give you money. Because they show scenes of them at the beginning of their relationship when he's working for her part-time. And then they show the later scenes when he's advising her. Right. So that's a problem that we don't know. Yeah. Right? And we're missing a point where she becomes the boss. Where he's counseling her instead of her helping him and doing his books. And again, like... I kind of made that comparison to Scorsese's uh, movies, but the thing about his characters, it's always people who might start off as well-meaning, but then become sort of seduced by, I don't know, this, the criminal enterprises that surround them. They continue to make moral compromises, and it eventually leads to their downfall. We see his characters often acting in like these extreme situations, and all of that was missing from Queenie. And I, I feel like that is the sort of stuff that would have made her such an, an interesting person, a complicated person, a conflicted person. And instead, she's just kind of like this generic sort of guardian type who's kind of trying to battle the police and the mafia, but without ever having to compromise her own values or to challenge her own values, without ever having to really make the difficult decisions that you expect the main characters in a crime saga to have to make. And because all of that is lacking, I feel like this book was actually kind of lacking a lot of drama. Certainly yeah, it, was- it felt it felt like it felt like um some of the books I mentioned earlier, it felt like literally a history book graphic novel versus trying to tell a story. And maybe that was the the creators didn't want to embellish. They didn't want to uh, get inside the head to to know as much or or take those leaps. Well, I think that's a problem though. So I was actually, there's another, actually another Scorsese movie coming out called Killers of the Flower Moon, which obviously I haven't seen. It premiered at Cannes. But I read the book by David Grant. And the book is, one thing I've noticed about David Grant is that he doesn't really try to get into the emotional state of the people he's writing about. He just writes kind of factually about this is what happened in their lives and he does a great job t- kind of telling the story using real, using historical documents, using the records, but he doesn't really kind of embellish beyond that. But judging from the trailer of Killers of the Flower Moon, I think Scorsese is going to have to do that, right? He needs to depict these people as they kind of talk to each other, as they sort of cry, as they sort of deal with the grief of their murdered loved ones. That's not stuff that is like recorded, but it's stuff that Scorsese and his actors are adding to to that retelling 
that fictional retelling of real events. And I feel Mm -hmm. like Levy really needed to kind of take those leaps if she was going to tell the story in an interesting way. Otherwise, why bother kind of having this graphic novel? Why bother kind of setting Queenie in this, depicting the milieu of Harlem at the time? You really do need to energize the book by kind of figuring out what her, conjecturing really what her emotional state is as she's kind of going through all of these things. It's just super by the books. It's super basic. Uh, it's super, I mean, it literally is black and white, but it, it just kind of presents itself as black and white with a little bit of fun. Yeah. But if Levy were telling this in prose and she was just using kind of the documents and the letters that were, that, 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 that she was able to access, then yeah, okay. Maybe she's not going to be able to get into Queenie's head because it would be a nonfiction book, but a historical mm-hmm. book, a historical text. But again, this is the story of somebody's rise to power. And we are missing the rise. And in trying to kind of boil the ocean, by which I mean tell the entire story of Queenie's life, it it almost feels like this is, ironically, she reviews so little about her. And that's the the big disappointment I had throughout this graphic novel. Something we were talking about right before we started recording was Boardwalk Empire. And I actually couldn't help but think about that as I was finishing this book and how much I... I genuinely enjoyed Boardwalk Empire because of the slow burn nature of the show. There is a lot of embellishment. There is a lot of interiority to yeah. Steve Buscemi's character, Nucky Thompson. Like, you don't have to like him, but you can understand the complexity of him and you can understand the complexity of all the other people around him. And well, I, it just, it was more of a character drama. There was more at play, yeah. there was more machinations. And, and you really want that in a, in a great, I mean, when you think of every great story about about criminals from the godfather to casino to boardwalk empire it really is fundamentally about about the people and their contradictions because remember how boardwalk empire opens with nucky addressing like the you know yeah, it's like a, some a, union, bunch, of, a union, yeah. a, a bunch of, of women in favor of abstinence and he's like yeah i'm totally with you guys of course he's He's a freaking bootlegger. And so the, the the movie or the show just sort of opens up with this sort of hypocritical moment. He's using these women, these prohibitionists, in, to to kind of position his own criminal empire, which is it's a, it's a kind of a great, great moment, a great way to introduce this character. And you don't have anything like that with, with Queenie. It's just her on top, and she's kind of like trying to do right by her, by the people that she, that she represents. But... You, you, you really, the only time she is really tested is at the end, but it's not because of her own moral failings. It's because of all of these bad guys who are mm-hmm. unambiguously bad guys. The corrupt police commissioner, Dutch Schultz, the Jewish mafia member who wants her, her territory. They're all kind of closing in on her. So it's a very, it's these external threats. And I've always felt like with these crime stories, it's always that sort of internal threat that's yeah. so compelling, right? Like, yeah, I was thinking the thing, of- the thing within the thing within them that they can't seem to solve, the the ghost within them that they can't shake, and they they alluded at it, like her paranoia, right? It just like and there, there were moments, there were moments as in her childhood. I, I just it's funny. It's the the book I found myself wanting this to be more like was Berlin, and maybe it's mm, the, maybe they're both black the, and white. I, yeah, it's the literal nature of it, but it's it's a moment in time. Shit is 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 at an inflection point in the history of America, in the history of the civil rights movement, of Harlem, of 
prohibition, the depression, etc. It's not even the civil rights or the, I don't know, reconstruction of Jim Crow, like the beginnings of Jim Crow. You have the KKK lynchings that show up and it's just, I wanted, I wanted to spend more time in this world. Yeah. And it's not that it left me wanting more because they gave you so much. They didn't give you enough to latch onto. They're absolutely right. Yeah. And actually I was thinking about Berlin too. I think part of it also is that Elizabeth Columba has sort of a style that's sort of similar to Jason Lutz. I, I, I think like Lutz, you stay with the characters for so long. You see them build a relationship together and you also see these betrayals, these remarkable betrayals. Over, over multiple over years. Multiple, right. Over right. multiple years. And it feels like a missed opportunity with Queenie. Like to your point, there was that with the KKK where, she, where she's on the bus. She's fleeing to Florida because she killed her boyfriend or stabbed her boyfriend in the eye. And they get accosted by the, the KKK and some of the people on the bus are lynched and I guess Queenie gets lucky. Lucky. I put that in quotation marks because she's just beaten. But what happens after that? Right. This is this, this, and th- but meanwhile, all the white people on the bus are just like, like, Oh man, keep me out of this. While yeah. all the black people have been herded out and are being burnt alive or hanged. And this is like, how does this is, this must be like a, a, a defining moment for this woman or for she's a girl mm-hmm. at the time, but for, and, and it must define who she grows up to be, who her worldview is. And it's depicted so brutally. And yet nothing comes of that moment. Queenie never refers to it again or alludes to it. We have no idea how it impacts her worldview or how it changes anything in her life other than it being just a, a thing that happens to her. And I feel that's also sort of like, it kind of diminishes the moment because it just kind of, comes and goes and a moment like that shouldn't just be allowed to come and go and and i feel that that happens kind of consistently throughout the book what i wonder and again the project was ambitious i just don't think it measured up to kind of what it could have been and so when a book like this makes the best of lists and i'm always forwarding you emails of the best of lists what have we read what haven't we getting new ideas and i sometimes wonder it's like okay Who's making these lists? Are these people who read a lot of comics or are these people who don't read a lot of comics? Like this is unique versus a lot of the other stuff that's out there. But I guarantee the person who made that list that this was on, I've been trying to find it. They didn't read Berlin. <laughs> like when what this could have been. That's that's what's so frustrating about this book. I mean, I think Elizabeth Colombo is a pretty she's a pretty big name in the in the arts world. And I will say like her illustrations are are beautiful but i guess mm-hmm. kind of to that point right if i would have loved to have seen this blown out in the sort of epic that berlin was and i think that had but she, so so i i know nothing about these creators but she's not a cartoonist right she's an artist i think she's dabbling story... in sequential art yeah well she, i think she's a storyboard artist so sequential art is literally her livelihood yeah but but storyboards are very very different from the sequential art storytelling skills needed to make a great comic. They're similar skills, but it's it's not the same thing. Oh, she actually does some, drawing she does a storyboard for film direction. Yeah. Okay, she's a painter. Okay, she she's yeah. she's known for painting black people in historic settings. Actually, her paintings mm. are really just kind of vivid, and they're actually really cool. They're really cool. So she's established. She's an established artist, and I, so I think probably that gives. The, the credibility of this book for people to recognize what is she doing right yeah 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 her art really is good yeah her art is out. his her art is like freaking amazing um so i think it's just sort of like the cachet of having this real 
this this person who's been in the who who makes these provocative statements in the in the world of fine arts kind of she's kind of now coming and delivering helping to deliver the story about a, a, a female uh, mobster in Harlem and it is an unusual tale but I mean it's kind of like beating a dead horse but it it, it is a missed opportunity and I, I do kind of wonder like just like a longer commitment to Queenie as a person. And you maybe even telling the story sequentially could have Well but but that's I, I do wonder it's if look fine. It, it's a it's a good attempt to enter the comic book medium. It's a noble attempt. And it's I don't know. It's uh, I'm not making this book. Like I don't have the talent it takes to do this. So I don't want to be negative. It's just like you can see that there's something in here. The art is beautiful. The story has promise. It just doesn't go all the way as far as, say, someone like Lutz or Tamaki would have like obsessed over, right? Like getting it right versus just kind of putting it down on paper, it feels like. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think I kind of wonder if, if making this non-sequential, non-linear, sorry, is, is, is one of the things that sort of undermines it. Because when you're in the present, you kind of have this present action, then you're going back in time. You need to kind of like be strategic where you're picking your moments because you can only stay in the past for a lot for a while before your reader gets impatient and you have to go back to the present. But if you're writing this from Queenie's childhood up to her rise of power, you, you don't really have that. You're not really compelled to just kind of like give bites of the past. You can kind of like actually stay with her as a child, stay with her as she kind of comes to power, and you can kind of develop who she is as a person. And set up also set up characters in the past. So if there are betrayals that happen later on when she's an adult, that really resonates. And you get the full scope of her life and the full scope of her complexity. I'm being a little prescriptive there, but I do think that the structure almost kind of keeps us from really being able to recognize who know who Queenie is as a as a human being. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's just you, I hate to say you oversimplifier to not showing the complexity of who this woman was or what her impact was on society. She just kind of comes across yeah. as a, a rising mob boss. Right, right, right. And the other thing is that, so it ends with the death of Schultz, but she doesn't really, Schultz is sort of her nemesis throughout the, the book. Mm -hmm. And it, we don't really know. I mean, she doesn't really affect Schultz's death. I think he's just killed by other mobsters. He's the one who dies in the plane crash or someone else? No, that's the commissioner. The Schultz dies right, in the right, shootout. Right. And Got then it. they strike a deal with the Italian mobster, Lucky Luciano. And basically she cedes the territory to him. And so what does that mean to her? She's basically giving Lucky Luciano authority over Harlem. or And mm -hmm. in a way, it seems like, isn't that essentially the same thing as if you were to just cede it to Dutch Schultz? Obviously, her bodyguard, Bumpy Johnson, who himself became a mob boss in Harlem later on, he kind of works with Luciano. But it, I don't know. In a way, it feels like she just kind of cedes everything to first to Bumpy Johnson and then to Lucky Luciano. And so she just kind of exits from this life, which is fine. But what are the moments that kind of precipitate that? What's driving her to actually do that after she built this huge empire up? It feels like she's just sort of like, okay, I'm done. See you guys. And exit stage left. And we kind of then cut to her and her 
later years and just kind of like living her her life peacefully. It felt a little bit like a cop out to me at the end, basically. And maybe that's maybe again, maybe that that's probably what happened. But maybe there's another way to frame that or to depict that. So it doesn't feel like she's just like, all right, guys, I'm done. Bye. (laughs) This might just be the world's shortest episode. I don't have much more to say. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, it's just, it's a book that I kind of appreciated the ambition. I I appreciated the art. It's actually kind of a beautiful package. I have the hard copy. Um, Oh yeah, man. I like the map of New York city in the front is uh, in the opening pages is beautiful. The shot of the statue of Liberty. There's, there's a few moments in here. Um, I dog-eared a page just with a couple of quotes when um, she's at church and my wife and I are starting to talk about religion and church and our daughter a lot more, but she's listening to a pastor and she's like, men of God impress me. They go for the long con. Her friend's like, watch your mouth, sister. If you think about religion as the textbook Hmm. definition of long-term investment, zero revenue in this life, payment in full once in heaven, hope comes at a loan shark's rate. And then her friend says, just because you're smarter doesn't mean you don't need hope like the rest of us. And it's just like this back and forth barbs. There's moments of of just pure beauty and art. There's scenes that are really great. And then, yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful package. The the actual binding of and everything of this book. A steal at $5, as I discovered. Yeah, it, it's just, again, th- yeah, there are moments that are really kind of compelling, like when she's confronting the corrupt police commissioner. But um, this, you just kind of want the scenes to add up to something that really kind of gives a lot of weight. And I, yeah, I was just missing that in Queenie. I, I, I feel like I really wanted to know who this person was and what made her tick, what she had to do, the compromises she had to make to get to her position of power, to keep the position of power. And yeah, it just wasn't there. So I, I know that the question is like, would you recommend this book? I, Robin, what's your, what's your take? I think I kind of know. No, I, um, It's a light and a fun read. I was nervous about getting it in time to read it. I read it in a day, mostly on the train right into work one day. It's a light, fun beach read. It's it's funny because it's his history, right? And it's a bit of black history and a bit of American history. And I think I don't know if I'll let my nephew read it. I probably should at some point, but there's a bunch of other things I let him read it first. So I don't know, man. I'm on the fence. Like, is this one of the all-time greats? No. And I think, if anything, you and I have read too much of the other more recent good historical drama shit. But it's a good thing to toe the water in a light. Berlin is intimidating. Like, good luck trying to read that. This is accessible. And if it strikes your fancy, there's more. There's better. If it leaves you wanting, there's more. There's better out there. This isn't a bad book. It's just, it leaves me wanting. Yeah, but... Not in a good way. I mean, it's an interesting... It's an, I, I'm glad that I know that this book exists, and I'm glad I know about Stephanie St. Clair, um, because this is a woman who is sort of forgotten by history, who who left a, a, a significant impact, who went toe-to-toe with some of the biggest mobsters of that era. Here's what's going to happen. I think this is, a state of, this is a sort of thing that Ava DuVernay might read and want to option as an HBO Max TV show, right? And then do it justice. To, I can, the logline is... It's Boardwalk Empire, but it's black. And Boardwalk Empire, part of the, some of the most interesting things in Boardwalk Empire were the Cotton Club, right? And what was going on at the same time. So I don't know, maybe it's been done, but I think it could be done right. So maybe this is just a, a treatment to to bring the story to life so something gets done with it. 
it's a piece of IP that's probably already been optioned. Yeah, but why not just do it as a comic? That's the... I mean, <laughs> do it right as a comic. Do it right as a comic. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I, I it's, it's to me, it's a missed opportunity. I was I said earlier, I like the fact that I I like that they're telling this person's story, but I just wish they had they had just <laughs> done it better, done it just been just just told a more interesting story because there is something there, and yeah, it was just disappointing that this is kind of what came out of it. Well, fun fact, there is a pilot, according to IMDb, of Queenie. I don't know if it's based on the comic. There's not a lot of information about it. All so. right. Well, there we go. We'll see how it does. We'll see if it gets made, especially given the strike. Yeah. It, if it gets picked well, up, I'd be interested. I'd be, I would be interested in seeing maybe a longer form version of this. Yeah, fleshing it out a lot more. But, Ryan, I, I have a much more important question for you. What is that important question, Rumin? What are we reading next week? Well, next week we are going to be reading Roaming, the new book by Jillian and Mariko Tamaki. And if those names sound familiar to you, they should, because we had previously reviewed and we're big fans of the Tamaki Cousins collaboration Skim from 2005 and then this one Summer from 2014. And then, of course, we, we also read I Am Not Starfire, which was by Mariko Tamaki. So Roaming is basically the Tabakis, they've, they brought the band back together, the band of two, and they're telling a story about three friends taking a trip to New York City, and of course the unexpected happens, and friendships will be questioned, and I'm expecting it to, to be like an interesting examination of, of young adult life, and so that's what we're reading next week. Nothing like examining young adult life from middle-aged life. Exactly. But that's kind of like the whole point of this podcast. (sighs) And that's our show. Like what you heard? Be sure to share with a friend, subscribe, and leave us a review wherever you get your favorite podcasts. See lots of pretty pictures of the books we read at qtdcomics.com. And since we're sure no one's listening, prove us otherwise. Shoot an email over to say what I got right and what Ryan got wrong. qtdcomics at gmail.com. Give you a social media handle, but we're old and that feels like too much work. I'm Roman Segel. And I am and have always been Ryan Joe.
from these evil deeds before I get them done. I know tomorrow brings the consequences, but I keep living this day like tomorrow's never gonna come. Oh, Cause I'm feeling love